The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. Andy Rice this evening uh, talking about uh, complaints and the advertising complaints. This is one of your everlasting bugbears. Um, and that is that you can get an ad suspended from being broadcast with not too much effort, it would seem. Yeah, good evening, Bruce. I hope you're well. Um, this is a, another of the rulings of the um, Advertising Regulatory Board. In this case, they, um, uh, they ruled in favour of the advertiser rather than the uh, complainant. It was a, a Volkswagen parts advertisement on television. And it's not the content that really concerns me in this discussion. It's the fact, as you alluded, that you can, um, uh, in, in effect, um, cause a, a campaign to be frozen in its tracks simply if you if you complain to the ARB. And um, I'm just talking about one complaint. Uh, and if you were to do a kind of bit of very basic and probably slightly inaccurate mathematics, you'd, you'd realize just how uh, divorced from reality that is. You know, if you take a, a top, top TV soapy, um, it might have an audience of up to 10 million um, uh, per episode. Um, and if you said that maybe one in a thousand might be offended by an ad they see, um, and of those, if one in a thousand only take the effort to complain, then you shouldn't just end up with one complaint. You should end up with at least a hundred arithmetically. So um, we're not getting anywhere near that. So the ability of one complainant to, as I say, derail uh, a campaign so abruptly seems to me a very unfair um, situation in terms of who's on whose side are the regulations. And that, I think there well, should be some taking, kind of... Who's taking on the regulatory board, the advertising regulatory board? Andy, I can't imagine that the advertising industry, which, are, which is overseen by the advertising regulatory board, takes too kindly to the sort of broad brushstroke regulation. That's probably why quite a considerable number of advertisers haven't um, joined uh, ah. the, the the team um, in, at the ARB. In the old days of the Advertising Standards Authority, if you go back about kind of 20 years, then it was all but legally enforceable, their rulings. And then it started to fall apart when a couple of advertisers challenged the process. And, and the ASA, with other problems, went under. And now the ARB is its replacement. But it's an entirely voluntary organization. You join it if you want to, but you are not in any way necessarily obliged, other than reputationally, to, um, to go by their rulings. Mm. And I think that that's, uh, that's one of the reasons that, that these complaints cause such a hoo-ha in the media, because it, it is a voluntary organization that's causing... Um, havoc, and that's not really ARB's fault. But you, you have to have some way of a minimum quantification of the number of complaints received versus the audience that might have been exposed to the advertising, and I, that may be there, but I'm I'm unaware of it. Now, you've been talking for a long time about poor COVID-related advertising, and finally you found us an example, and it's a glorious example of what COVID advertising should be like. Are you going to play it? Or oh, no, I, no, no, a bit of context first, Andy, a bit of context. Give me okay, some sorry, I wasn't sure whether you were, you were poised to press the play button. I am, yeah, I'm so is, poised, but I can't, I can't be poised <laughs> without context, Andy. Need context. Well, this comes from the, from the UK, and um, it's, it's a campaign that they've just started to, to, in, to try and persuade people to uh, go for the vaccination. Um, something that we're going to need to do particularly strong, strongly and effectively in this country, I suspect. But over there... 
Um, they've done very well and they've had a very high level of, of uh, applications for vaccinations. Uh, but this particular one um, demonstrates to me the way that you don't have to follow slavishly a kind of what I've called in the past a lecturing approach. This features um, Sir Elton John and Sir Michael Caine, both of whom are auditioning for a, a uh, unspecified part in some uh, vaccine advertising, uh, pro-vaccine advertising. And uh, Elton John is the first on, and um, well, you'll hear what happens. He, he's very confident that he will pass the audition. Of course he is. Um, this is Elton John, followed by Michael Caine. It's an advert about people auditioning for an advert. Elton John, audition, take one. My name is Elton John. Cut there. Little less showbiz, Elton. My name is Elton John. Bit more showbiz. My name is Elton John. Let's go for your Michael Caine impression. Just let's see what it's like. My name is Elton John. Beautiful cut there. The more people in society that get vaccinated, the more chance there is of eradicating the national COVID pandemic. It's really important to know that the vaccines have all been through and met the necessary safety and quality standards. So this is the bit where you're going to have the vaccine now, Elton. So right. just kind of pretend that you're having the vaccine from a nurse. Oh! What was that, Elton? That was me acting. Okay, let's cut there. And as you can see, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Thanks, Elton. We'll let you know. Oh, well, at this short notice, you won't find anyone bigger. Thank you. Hello. My name is Michael Caine. I've just had a vaccine for COVID. It didn't hurt. Not many people know that. And cut that marvellous. That was fantastic. Thank, Thank you, Sir Michael. Uh, Claire, let the little fella know he didn't get the job. <laughs> let the little fella do. He didn't get the job. It's just lovely because they take icons in a society and you can do that in absolutely every society on earth taking loved icons and letting them take the mickey out of themselves in the context of a vaccine and it'll work well that's absolutely right it, it, it uh, i was looking at some advertising on uh, on enca um for social distancing and it lists the very various um, diseases that you might uh, or various symptoms you might encounter and to make sure that you don't you, you must behave properly but it, it listed I think 13 different symptoms and uh, everything that you could possibly imagine other than perhaps ingrowing toenails was was on this list of symptoms and um, uh, you know it, it just washes over you like so much tedium but when you get Elton John and Michael Caine talking to the camera each taking the mickey out of each other's sort of reputation and not many people know that. Um, it's actually just great stuff. And it's, it's no longer advertising. Now it's communication. Now it's entertainment almost. And that's the way it gets heard and understood. And, and it's just so refreshing to see Elton John not being a twit. I, I, I once interviewed him outside <laughs> Theo Fennell's Fulham jewellery store. And his friend Theo Fennell uh, was making little copies of Tabasco bottles and to cover your Tabasco bottle because nobody wants to have a Tabasco bottle on the table. So you make a little oh, silver uh, sheath for it with the Tabasco logo on it. 
And I was deeply cynical about this and suggested to Elton John it was a waste of time, and he didn't take kindly to that. But that's the last. We haven't spoken since. Um, but he looks more laid back um, today, does Elton John, uh, than he does uh, than he did back then. Um, talk to me about retail expenditure and why men just don't matter, or fathers matter considerably less than mothers. We've just had Mother's Day, um, and I think quite a lot of money gets spent around that. Yeah, um, as you say, we've just had Mother's Day and everybody buys everything from roses to chocolates to uh, Porsche 911s. And um, there was a study done in the US for the last sort of sensible year, which was 2019, um, as to how much money was spent on on Mother's Day and and also how much was spent on Father's Day. So Mother's Day retail gift expenditure in 2019 was quite strong. It was... um, totaled about 25 billion US dollars in in complete retail sales. Um, But it turned out that Father's Day the same year, the the amount spent on on uh, gifts for Father's Day was just 16 billion, almost 50% less. Does this mean that men aren't worth spending so much on? Because you're not worth it might be the way to run an ad taking the uh, the mickey out of uh, L'Oreal. But... uh, this uh, sort of dis- discrimination between genders, I think, is long. And, uh, and of course, fa- fathers should the fathers should get considerably more of the I don't know the the the, the pie from children. You're paying for the gifts anyway as parents. You might as well <laughs> get yourself something nice, wrap it up, and say, "Here, kids, give this to me for Father's Day." Uh, I think it's because men miss a trick, frankly, on this particular one. Now, aren't your heroes, if you would, please? And um, this is you were fairly. I don't know, nonplussed, I think, by a recent Sunlum campaign when we spoke a couple of weeks ago? Yes, Bruce, but it wasn't so much a campaign. It was a new positioning that Sunlum oh. had said, this is what we're going to stand for from now on. And it was summarised in a, in a slogan that said, live with confidence. And I think what I said on, on, on the ad feature that week was that it was um, uh, underwhelming and I couldn't really see that this was a great breakthrough in terms of financial services advertising. Um, and but I, but I you know to a large extent I've been proved wrong by the actual work that has stemmed from that positioning, and in the same way that you said just now that uh, using Elton John and Michael Caine in, in British advertising takes you into an entirely different realm, so it is with this one because what Sanlam have done is hire the services of a number of people, but the first one out of the blocks is Jose Mourinho. Um, and anyone who's ever had any involvement with watching football will know who Jose Mourinho is, recently moved to Roma following his uh, summary exit from Tottenham Hotspur. But um, the, uh, he's quite absolutely a character and self-deprecation is something he lives with. And uh, uh, essentially what they have said was we need a celebrity endorser for this campaign to break through and I'm, I'm all for that. But you must make sure that the values of the endorsed brand match the values of the endorser. And in this particular case, as I say, it's Jose Mourinho. Um, when you're talking about living with confidence, if ever there was an example of a man on this earth who demonstrates great self-confidence, it has to be Jose Mourinho. And on top of that, the, the production, um, I think it's a, it's a King James Cape Town advertisement, um, the, the, uh, the production values are fantastic. It really looks like it's a beautifully shot little movie. And there's some lovely nice vignettes that bring a smile to your face. So if you haven't seen it, keep watching your TV because it will crop up soon or else search for it online. Uh, Live with confidence uh, featuring Jose Mourinho and others still to be released. A definite hero for me for this evening. And this is what it sounds like. In the game of life, one important thing can increase your chance of success. Confidence. 
confidence is a game changer. Confidence! Where do I find that, Jose? First rule, you need a goal. I don't think soccer. Nice caller. Right? But not that kind of goal. Mm. What do you want from life? Happiness. Success. Checkmate. Less worries. Next, you need a strategy. I gotcha. Like a game plan. Exactly. Put in the work and stick to it. Nothing plays better. Trust me. <laughs> Then you need to be patient. How patient? More patient. Success cannot be hurried. And most important of all, you need the right team behind you. Do all these things and you will have the financial confidence to achieve anything. Anything? And everything, my friend. Yeah, it's fabulous, Andy. It really is. Um, and it's nice to get that sort of clarity as well. Now, Johnny Walker, I'm seeing lots of really positive commentary about Johnny Walker's 200-year celebrations. You're not buying it, not one little bit. Well, I have no uh, problem with celebrating when you when a brand gets to that remarkable milestone of 200 years of successful uh, business and successful distilling in this particular case, Johnny Walker. But um, it's a premium brand. It's only got to where it is uh, in the world by being uh, true to its premium credentials. They've known what kind of tone and personality they need to use to lift it above the mainstream brands. Um, and the stuff that's on television at the moment is so not right for Johnny Walker, in my opinion, um, that it goes against all those basic rules. And it kicks off with a, with a, a voiceover that's, that uh, uh, intones, 200 years is no mean feat, but rest assured, we haven't missed a beat. Now, that's kind of like a, the winner of a grade five poetry competition. But <laughs> in fact, that's, that's, probably rude. that's probably rude to the grade fives. Um, and then what, what comes up next? Lots of lovely pack shots and a competition to win wonderful prizes. And this whole wham, bam, pilot high and sell them cheap is so wrong, in my view, Uh, this what they call pack and brag advertising is so wrong for Johnny Walker, which should be reinforcing its premium brand credentials, which, which clearly it has done for, to have endured so healthily for 200 years. But uh, if they do this kind of stuff, I, I think that uh, they'll start to erode their premium uh, positioning. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with a, with a rhyme on my own. Wham, bam. I wish your name was Sam. Anyway, thank you, Andy Rice. Andy Rice with Heroes and Zeros this evening on The Money Show.